Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift you have given us of grace and love and mercy, the, the opportunity to come together to worship you, to be blessed by you and to be encouraged by you. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us and help us to see and hear from you what's important for us as we live in this earth with our eyes focused on you. Heavenly Father, encourage us and give us a sense of your presence and peace. Amen. As I mentioned at the start of the service, our sermon series, our worship series for the next few weeks is Why We Live. And today it's Why We Live for the Future and Not Today. It's very easy in today's society to be drawn into living just for today. In fact, some of the self-help gurus will talk about that. Live for today. Don't worry about the future. And sometimes you think, oh, well, Jesus said something along those lines. But what, what he said it in the context is, put your trust in God and deal with stuff today. What God encourages us to do is live with our eyes fixed on the future and not at today. Live with the mindset that life is not about today, but about the future. And you'll see this through both the, throughout the New Testament, this encouragement for us to keep our eyes, our hearts, our minds fixed, fixed on Jesus and the future he gives us. And don't become obsessed with today and just living for today and enjoying today. In another section of um, the New Testament, Paul writes to the church and reminds them, and he reminds us, God's reminding us, that our permanent residence is not on earth, but our permanent residence is is in heaven. So today we're going to explore this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and the first verse of chapter 5, and what it means for us to live for the future and not today. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Question for you to ponder, sorry, it's important for us then to understand why we exist as Christians and as a church. Because this will guide our everyday lives, it will guide our reactions to God, it will guide how we deal with problems and also how we deal with good things. There are some Christians, and I've dealt with some people who are Christians in a form of Christianity, where people think that their relationship with God is about giving them earthly comfort today. That's that God's main approach in life is to give them earthly comfort today. But when we open up the New Testament, when we see the examples of Jesus and the examples of the early church, we see that's not the main purpose of God. Yes, we will get comfort from God by having a relationship with God. But the main purpose for us as Christians, the main purpose for us as church, is to have this focus on Jesus and to live for eternity. Now, a problem can arise when we're not clear where we exist. We can become disillusioned. I've, I've dealt with a number of people who have left the Christian church and they said, oh, I don't think God exists or I don't think God loves me. And it's because they're all being focused around today, what's happening to them in this earth, rather than being listening to God and being focused on God and understanding that God's main purpose is not about making your life comfortable on this earth, but about giving you a future in heaven, 
but also helping you, helping you help others know about that future. And if we don't understand that, we'll be a little bit like um, a bus bus transit organisation, a government bus transit organisation, who made, who developed a policy and said, we are going to be always on time. And they made that promise, and that was because of feedback that they got from most of those who was taking the bus, that their frustration was they're not on time. And so they focused on this. However, they made a mistake. They became so obsessed with being on time that they solved this problem of running late by doing one thing. They kept to schedule by not picking up passengers. They actually lost the focus about why they exist, that they were supposed to be a, a transport company, right? a transport company that picks up people. But to keep on time, what they did was, if they were running late, they'd just bypass a bop stop and keep going. They didn't actually fulfil what they were supposed to do. And the same thing can happen for us as Christians is that if we're not clear about why we're here, what God has given us, what it's about, we can lose sight and make wrong decisions based on what we think. That If we put comfort on this earth as a higher priority than our relationship with God, our dealing, being focused on eternal life and helping others know about that eternal life, we will end up making wrong decisions or tr- making decisions that are not as healthy for us as Christians. You see, why we live for the future is not about to live for comfort today. Why we live for the future and not today, it's about being focused on the long-term relationship God has with us. And so a question I'd invite you to think about is this. Are my current circumstances determining how I live? Or am I drawing on my future to shape how I live and respond to the present? Are my current circumstances determining how I live, how I react? Or am I drawing on my future to shape how I live and respond to the present? So let's have a look at this text and what it says to us about 2 Corinthians chapter 4. What 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says to us about living for the future and not today. We live for the future and not today because our future is the result of what Jesus has done and is doing and not what we succeed at. From 2 Corinthians chapter 4 we hear, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. We can be assured that our future has been guaranteed, that our future has been secured. We don't have to stress and worry about, do we have a place in heaven? We don't have to get concerned as, are we good enough? Have we performed enough? Have we done enough with God for God? Rather, we can rest and be assured about that we do have a place in heaven and that what God does is going to last and we can be part of it because of what Jesus has done. So we don't look at ourselves. We don't think about, are we performing enough? Are we 
good enough? Have we done enough? Is God pleased with me? By focusing on the future, we're saying this is what God has done for us. This is what God has done not only for us, but the entire world. And what God does lasts. What we have on earth, though, is temporary. And if the last 12 to 18 months have shared, encouraged us to see that through COVID, the number of things that have disappeared or reduced or changed, things that some people held on to very tightly. But we don't just have to go through the last 18 months. Think about some of the organisations that you once thought would never, ever fold or not exist. How, come, how many people remember the name Kodak? Used to be out, walk around the street, you see Kodak shops everywhere, right? And when I was growing up, when I was in year seven or eight, I remember a careers teacher saying, if you're interested in finance, go and give, get a job in the bank, you have a job for life. Right? Now Jerome's smiling, he works in the bank. But is that true, Jerome? <laughs> no. Right? In the last couple of months, I've received three letters that says, um, your local bank bench is closing down. Right? Things that we think, used to think are permanent on this earth are not. But even within the church, sometimes we think the church, the external church, our organisation is going to be permanent. And we think because that's a God thing, it should. But often remember that the external church, the institution, the buildings, they're temporary things for God to use to build his real church. When we talk in the Nicene Creed about we have the visible and the invisible church. And what the invisible church is about is about us being in this relationship with God permanently. The problem with the visible church is elements of it will disappear. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18 to, 18 to chapter 5 verse 1 we hear, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but in what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. And so we live for the future knowing that God has created the future, that God has made possible the future, and that that future will last. It's not going to be something that can be taken away from us. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Because Jesus has created this, because Jesus has done what is necessary, we can have surety, we can live with the surety that our future is guaranteed. And it's good to have that inside knowledge. I've been, uh, in the last month or two, I've been watching a show on Foxtel called The Undercover Billionaire. 
And what this show's about is they send three fairly successful people in America to um, a country town or a regional town, and they develop a business in 90 days that is going to be worth a million dollars, and they go there with a car, a mobile phone, and $100. But there's one condition. They've got to be undercover, and they can't reveal to anyone what they're doing. And the deal is, though, there's two deals as part of this, one is if they, if they don't get a million-dollar evaluation for their business, they're going to put in the, the balance. And the other part is they're going to bless those who've helped them in this procedure. Now, one of the stories um, this week in the show was the lady who's the undercover billionaire lady who's do, doing this business. They've run out of money in setting up their business. They're $60,000 short. And she goes to her partner, a major partner in this, a local person, who doesn't know who she really is or what she's here for, and she asks him for an extra $60,000. And off camera, she goes, I would love to tell him that if she gives us $60,000, he doesn't need to stress. He'll get his money back. They'll be okay. Everything will be fine. But I can't. Right? And you can see he's a bit worried, and he goes, oh, I don't want to use my savings. Um, but he said, in the end, he goes, there's something about her. There's something about what she's doing that gives me confidence that I'll be, my money will be all right. And that's the sort of confidence that we should have as Christians, that life will be all right with God, that because of Jesus, that we will go all right. Things will go okay. And so... When facing bad and difficult situations, because God has created this future, he invites us to see beyond our difficult situations that we live in. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 to 17 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. Just about everybody I've encountered in life has had crises in their life. And some people have had major issues in their life where they've thought, this is just too much and they want to give up. You may have been in that situation. But God invites us to look beyond that situation, to look beyond the problems and difficulties that we're encountering and to put them in perspective of the life he is giving us, the life he has made possible for us and to trust him during those times. And that will change how we act and react to those situations. And one of the ways that it changes is that people will see God's grace through us. See, God's grace can be experienced. We live with a focus on the future and not today. So God's grace can be experienced through us and many give thanks to God. God's grace can be experienced through us when we're encountering difficult situations. I've shared with you a story about a lady that I, who had major cancer, was in, in aged care, And her story is one of, she's going through difficulties and going through troubles. 
and she's in an aged care facility, but she was determined not to let those difficulties and troubles dictate how she treated others, how she talked to others. In fact, she wanted to bless others every time they came into a room. So much so that one of the nurses working there said, oh, you're the pastor of the Lutheran Church. And I said, yeah, yes. I have to find out more about this Lutheran Church. You're such a happy lot, such a contented lot. Now, we're not always known for being overly happy and contented, are we, Jimmy? <laughs> and I said, why do you say that? She said, oh, this, I won't mention the person, name. this lady that I'm seeing, is every time I go and say, I know what she's going through. I know she's got pain, but she's not allowing that pain to affect how she relates to me. She continues to bless me and encourage me. She's often smiling when I visit. And so this is what can happen when we continually focus on the future and put life into perspective. That our life, what happens today, is not the major thing. But also, when we see what happens today, could be an opportunity for God to use us to bring his grace into someone else's life. And so what does this mean for us? How how does this affect who we are and how we go about life? How do we live the faith by focusing on the future and not today? Well, first of all, allow our future with God and not the present to shape our everyday lives. Allow our future with God and not the present to shape who we are, how we respond, how we deal with things. I can tell you over the last 12 months, I've become extremely frustrated because of what COVID has created. I've become frustrated with certain people because their attitude has been more self-focused rather than community-focused. And yet I continually change the way I respond to them and to other people and to the situations because of what God's doing. Because of the purpose we have on life is not about having comfort on this earth, but the purpose we have on life, this earth, is about bringing God's grace into other people. And so secondly, see your relationship with God about securing your eternity and helping others know Jesus. See your relationship with God about primarily securing eternity and helping others know Jesus. It's not about you primarily getting comfort. It's not about me primarily getting comfort. And how do we know this? Well, when we go through the New Testament, what we see is Christians constantly under attack, Christians constantly under challenge. But by keeping their eyes on Jesus, by keeping their focus on Jesus, they live through that. And they don't create another army. They don't create another law to deal with stuff. Although that's tender, and I'll be honest, my frustration with the church at times is the way we respond to difficulties and problems is we respond the same way the world does. We create more rules. We create more division. We put up more problems. And yet, here, we're being encouraged to reveal grace in those difficult situations. Help others know about 
the loving and graceful Jesus. So when it comes to your own life, respond to your current circumstances with grace from God. I'd encourage you to think about your week. Think about what's going to happen this week. And think about how can you respond to the upcoming situation with God's grace. Now, some of the things you'll know, some of you may need to have a meeting with a person or have to contact a person this week that could be difficult. Take some time to pray about it. How might I respond in a way that reveals God's grace in those situations? Some of you may not have anything you can think of is going to happen, but you probably have regular occurrences that happen. Simple things like driving in Sydney and people cutting you off. How might you respond to that with God's grace? How might you respond to people not living up to your expectations? Because all those things, when we focus on those, we are living in today rather than living with God's future. And the reminder from the New Testament and the reminder from today's lesson is this. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. A number of years ago, um, I was attended a child, youth and family conference and the, the presenter was all about trying to encourage the church to engage the next generations and he was an older gentleman and he asked this question, how many people in this church would like church to remain as it is so it suits them or how many people are prepared to allow the church to change so their sons and daughters their grandchildren continue a relationship with God. And what he was doing was encouraging us to think about, encouraging us to think about, are we just looking at ourselves or are we prepared to look at fixing our eyes on Jesus and living in a way with, where we live with a purpose that we have our future secured and that it's about helping others to have their future secured by Jesus. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have created our future, created that future through Jesus, and this is a future that will never perish, spoil or fade. Lord, as we live in this earth, help us to live, live for the future and not just for today. Help us not to get consumed by what's happening today, but to be trusting that you can influence who we are, what we do, in a good way in today's, for today's society so others can get to know you and your grace and your love. Pour down your Holy Spirit on each person here today. May your Holy Spirit help them encounter today with your future in mind. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.